Stanford University. Welcome to the eighth annual Mood Disorders Education Day. Uh, we have, uh, we're really, really fortunate to have a, a group of very, very talented individuals who uh, represent a vast repository of knowledge about the diagnosis and treatment of mood disorders here today. And what we would like to do is to provide you an update, and that's what I'm going to be talking about right now, on the National Network of Depression Centers and the Stanford Mood Disorder Center. Okay, so you notice it's saying mood instead of just bipolar, so unipolar major depressive disorder as well as bipolar disorder. We'd also like to provide uh, information on uh, the diagnosis and treatment of mood disorders. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of facets to this. And if you try to do both bipolar and unipolar and try to have uh, speakers come from other places like the University of California at Berkeley, then uh, we can't cover absolutely everything. Uh, so one, I can already apologize for not having a talk on pediatric bipolar, but we do have a breakout session on pediatric bipolar, okay? So if you have a particular interest in pediatric bipolar, uh, Dr. Victoria Cosgrove will uh, be leading one of the breakout sessions in the afternoon. Um, each year, we, we try to get some kind of a, like a balance between different aspects of uh, mood disorders, and last year it came off as a pretty biological, okay? So we're, we're trying to create some balance, and we have uh, some very, very talented psychologists to talk to us today to talk about the psychological aspects of uh, mood disorders. And so after these talks, we'll have a break and uh, then adjourn to uh, question and answer sessions, and there'll be three of those. And that will be a forum for questions about mood disorders, be much more interactive than this. So we, we've got these talks, which are a little bit like data dumps. I apologize for that. But given the number of folks, this is, this is the way to convey the information. This information will be available on the web at bipolar.org as well. This is, uh, this is being taped and we've, we've got some software where, where you can almost, uh, you can have chapters for one, one for each slide and just click on it and then hear the audio for that slide and navigate around the talks like that. So that, that is uh, something that will happen in the next week or so. So this is the agenda today. So after people find the place uh, and I do a, uh, an introduction talk, We'll have Dr. Trish Supis, who is an extremely talented researcher and clinician who uh, has been an important uh, member of the DSM-5 uh, Mood Disorder Committee. And she's going to give us an update on the DSM-5. So DSM-5 is going to launch next uh, May in San Francisco at the American Psychiatric Association meeting. So uh, it would be important to get an update of what what they were thinking about doing with criteria to, for mood disorders. <clears throat> so it, it may be the case that mood disorders morph over time and they change over time and we need to keep up with them. But it's probably more the case that our thinking about it and our perceptions about them morph over time. And so that uh, there's, there's some very inf interesting information she has to share with us on that. 
after that, Dr. Maitali Vermuri is going to be talking about special considerations in women with mood disorders. She has expertise in the diagnosis and treatment of mood disorders in women and works with uh, Natalie Rasgon and Ellie Williams uh, in the Women's Wellness Clinic. And after that, uh, Dr. Jennifer Culver will be talking about psychotherapy and mood disorders. Jennifer's been running a dialectical behavior therapy uh, skills group in our, uh, in our clinic. Uh, then symptom triggers in bipolar disorders, separating mania and depression. Sherry Johnson from uh, University of California at Berkeley will present that. Then we have uh, perspectives from the International Bipolar D Disorder Foundation or International Bipolar Foundation with Ellen Fudakis. Uh, we'll have a brief break and then uh, Robert Villanueva will talk about perspectives from NAMI. Uh, I'll give an update on treatment for mood disorders. And this is sort of bipolar bias, but I try to say something about unipolar. And then we'll uh, break out <clears throat> into these question and answer se sessions, and we'll give you some details of what's going on where. So the presentations are going to be 20 minutes each. We're trying to be consumer friendly. The breakout rooms are right in this building, okay? So you don't have to go through a construction zone to get them. Uh, please save uh, any questions for the breakout sessions. If you do have some pressing questions, maybe you can see speakers in the hall after the presentations. And. When in the question and answer se sessions, to the extent that's possible, if you make questions more general, then that's going to be helpful so that other people can benefit from the answer to the question. And now this is like being a school monitor, right? Please, no food or drinks except water in the auditorium. Please fill out and return evaluations in the registration packet. There is a registration packet. Please fill in empty seats so more people can sit. We see we're starting to fill up a little bit. And please visit the tables to learn about research and resources. So we have a number of tables out there giving that kind of information. So we start a little bit late in order to not uh, leave us uh, behind time. I think I got till 10.05. Uh, I'll give you a quick update on the National Network of Depression Centers. So you see lots of organizations, and organizations have things like mission statements and vision statements. And basically, these things are a way of formulating what the organization is trying to do, what it wants to do. So for the NNDC, which is National Network of Depression Centers, their mission is to advance scientific discovery and access to evidence-based care by developing knowledge and translating it into patient care through the collaboration of centers of excellence. So it's places like Stanford around the country who have mood disorders expertise in, in basic and clinical areas joining together to try to get some synergy. And this group envisions a future in which effective treatment of depressive illnesses, which includes bipolar disorder, will be integrated without stigma into the healthcare system for everyone. Okay, that's a lofty goal, okay. So, <clears throat> the values of this organization, they believe that increasing scientific knowledge about depression and bipolar disorder and improving care for patients are in interdependent goals, okay? So learning about it, learning about these things, and providing better care, these, these, are, these are not conflicting, okay? 
And uh, at least in our clinic, uh, basically we, we have students, like residents, but uh, I think probably some of the most important students are the consumers themselves who, become, who study these illnesses and study exactly what's going on with, with themselves and know the trends in larger populations so they can understand their own situation in relationship to what we know about large groups of people. And so that meeting with, meeting with providers in that sense involves basically studying, studying what the challenges are, understanding what, what the risks and benefits of intervening or not intervening entails, and then coming to some kind of consensus to make a choice from a reasonable menu of things that you could or might not want to do. So this is a sort of a timeline of the NNDC. It's funny how quickly five years could go by. So it was inaugurated in 2007, the charter signed the next year, and a pretty remarkable, something called the Enhanced Act, which was part of the Health Reform Bill, was actually passed in 2010. We, we all know what's happened since 2010. So that, that, um, that effort that looks so promising, it is, it's part of the law of the country that there will be a bunch of centers of excellence for mood disorders around the country. It just doesn't have an appropriation. Okay, so there's no money, okay? And as you know, things don't happen without money, okay? So uh, the midterm elections sort of were one challenge. We have a presidential and another uh, House of Representatives in seminal election this year. So that this, this is something that is, it's an iron in the fire. Sometimes these things take as long as 10 years to get funded from when they're passed, okay? So this is, this is a war of attrition. It looked like, it, it looked too good to be true in 2010, and I guess it was. Uh, so it's still awaiting appropriation. Not to be slowed down by that, the NNDC has looked at other sources of funding and has created some seed grant projects. It started a clinical care registry and several task groups uh, with projects initiated. It's very importantly found in an executive director, very talented uh, clinician, science, scientist slash administrator called John Hayes, who has become the executive director. And in the last year, a number of task group projects have expanded. So this is where it's at as of mid-2012. There's 21 comprehensive centers around the country. Uh, the northwestern corner of the country is a little underrepresented, but uh, pretty well all the other uh, parts of the country have a fair representation. We're still a ways away from this, I, this goal of having a comprehensive center or satellite clinic within 200 miles of every citizen in America. This is based on the National Network of Cancer Centers. There's a cancer center here at Stanford, okay? And this was sort of modeled, this organization, after the National Network of Cancer Centers. So I won't uh, spend time on this, but we have a clinical care registry where people are entering mood, mood ratings, and then we have a number of task groups <clears throat> that are doing different kind of projects. So these, these may not involve every single member of the NNDC, but subgroups of members looking at telehealth, geriatric uh, mood disorders, bipolar disorders, college students, 
Uh, interestingly, repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation, uh, an FDA-approved device-based treatment that is not generally covered by insurance, electroconvulsive therapy, uh, women's issues, suicide prevention, uh, military issues, and implementation dissemination, which means basically if you've got some new ideas uh, about things that should be done in the management of mood disorders, how do you actually get that out so it starts happening and isn't just part of some small research grant? So the Stanford Mood Disorders Center is one of the 21 centers in the National Network of Depression Centers. Okay, and there's over 30 senior faculty members from nine Stanford departments that are involved in this effort. And you can see there's a, a wide range of disciplines represented. Of course, psychiatry accounts for most of uh, the members, but we have members in allied medical professions and psychology. Uh, lots of productivity, a lot of clinical activity. Just trying to, trying to bring together all of this effort into, into uh, one concerted structure. So uh, what they've done at the University of Michigan is they uh, basically have something that's almost like a department of mood disorders, where it's a freestanding building, the Depression Center. Uh, the Depression Center at Stanford is more a virtual center. It's, it's sections of our psychiatry building and other other labs around uh, the campus. And certainly with some of the space constraints and some of the financial constraints, uh, it, I think it'd be a little unlikely that we would get a freestanding building. Um, so there's lots, of, there's lots of potential benefits to this, okay? And you can imagine there are benefits with respect to uh, getting scientific efforts advanced and then collaborating with other centers as well as getting people within Stanford who have overlapping areas of interest to work together. And, um, you know, there's biological, psychological, social, and alternative and complementary therapies that people are looking at. So there's lots of different things on treatment. We'll spend a little bit of time talking about treatment later on today. There's a number of different research projects that there are going on. And you can get a lot of that information from the tables there where they're describing the kind of research that's going on. So some of the research is kind of basic research where they're looking at MRI scans or looking at genetics. Others, other things may be more uh, related to therapeutics like clinical trials with medicines or psychotherapy. A number of different research uh, activities that are worth keeping track of. Also, community engagement is increasingly important, and this, this is community engagement, okay, just so you know, okay? <laughs> um, so uh, we have uh, this site, bipolar.org, and the Stanford Mood Disorder uh, Center website is still in development, and th this meeting in particular will put up on Bipolar Disorder, and you can see last year's, and we're, we're trying to get more in the way of uh, like streaming video or chapter-based navigation of the, of the talks so that you'll be able to get, get the information in these talks whenever you wanted to. Uh, professionally, uh, medical students, doctors specializing in psychiatry or residents in psychiatry get training here. Uh, research psychiatrists, they, they call this, these folks fellows, uh, after they finish the residency, get training. 
and uh, something that's been a little less prominent in the last few years, continuing education for clinical psychiatrists. And this is, this is something that has kind of stumbled a little bit in the last few years. So we have, uh, we have a number of people who are in the development office who uh, can uh, provide you with information about this. Uh, Bill Gray is not here, but Deborah Stinchfield is here today. And we have some information on how to contact them. And um, this, is, this is like those ads on NPR when they, when they interrupt everything, okay? So today was made possible by a gift from Dr. Stephen Meredith, okay? So this is, this, it, no matter what you do, it costs money to do things, even this, okay? So there is no industry support for this. Okay, so that's, that's good in the sense that you want to be transparent and you don't want to have inappropriate relationships with commercial entities. It's not so good in that we have to find another way to get them money, okay? And so if you are interested in donating to support mood disorder education day or research, uh, you can visit uh, bipolar.org or as I mentioned before, Deborah Stinchfield from the Medical Development Office at Stanford is here today and she's kind of circulating around. For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.